Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week we come to you from the Port of Miami on board the brand new MSC Seaside, an amazing ship in terms of design and functionality and innovation, which you've never seen a ship that looks like this before. We'll talk about that throughout the show. You know, cruising, if you take a look at it as an industry, is essentially still in its infancy. Uh, a majority of Americans have never been on a cruise ship, have ever seen one other than maybe the Love Boat and reruns, um, and yet... Every shipyard in the world right now is operating at 100% capacity because the desire to cruise is exploding, not just in this country, but overseas as well. And this particular company, MSC, you may not have heard of. Uh, we've done some stories about them on my PBS show. Uh, they're not based in the U.S. They're based in Geneva, as a matter of fact. But it stands for Mediterranean Shipping Company, and they've got 12 ships out there, this being the 13th, I believe. 14. Four we, you know, we took Meraviglia in, uh, in May, so it's 14 now. So now you see Rick Sasso, who is the chairman of MSC USA, jumped in before I had a chance to introduce him. Hello, Rick Sasso, how Hello, are you? Hello, Peter. You know, you and I have known each other a long, long time, dating back to other cruise lines. You heard my introduction about the infancy of the cruise industry. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, you know, it's been uh, a, a supply-driven industry for decades, and the more cruise lines like MSC develop this 
fantastic hardware, we get more people interested in cruising. And that is an opportunity for, for certainly when you think that only 2% of the vacationers every year from North America are taking a cruise. I think uh, MSC and the rest of the category can really grow very rapidly with bringing on hardware like the uh, MSC Seaside. But keep in mind that most Americans who have taken a cruise or are even aware of cruising, they're aware of Royal Caribbean. They're aware certainly of Carnival, the biggest player on the block, uh, NCO, uh, Norwegian Cruise Line. MSC is a relatively new player in the North American market. Yeah, if you flip that around, in Europe, we are the household name of cruising. We're the leading cruise line in the Mediterranean and Europe and in South America. So now we've, with the fleet growth, the rapid fleet growth, uh, we're able to now take some of these new ships that this one was particularly designed for warm weather and Miami. And it's designed in a way with a lot of outdoor space, with the promenade 360 around the ship and a lower deck so you feel the sea as you're cruising. So we've taken the but people will start to see MSC quite a bit in the next months and years ahead you know, here in I, North America. I, I'm feeling a little old because it was a, almost two years ago that I was in Italy watching the, the famous coin ceremony, which for those of you who don't know the, the history and the tradition of that ceremony, is when they cut the first steel for a new ship at a shipyard, it is tradition for the owner of that ship to put a ceremonial coin in that steel on the bottom of the hull. And I was there when they did that, and here we are on the ship. Yeah, and, and that's the ceremony that is uh, very emotional, certainly for the ship owner, but a tradition. And now that you have so many ships being built by MSC, we, we've ordered another. Well, you have the most number, I, I think you have the most number of orders of ships in any shipyard ever. That's correct. We are, we are, we, the highest percentage of new bills over the next 10 years are actually for MSC, and a lot of that attention will be here in North America. So I think that you will see uh, the brand name in North America become much more popular over the next months and years. One of the big surprises in the year 2018, uh, and by the way, it was also a surprise when you did the ceremony in 2015, is that in an age of large corporations with uh, you know stock analysts and shareholders, MSC remains a family-owned, family-run corporation. And it's an asset to have the flexibility and the nimbleness and uh, and to be able to continually reinvest the, uh, the income that the brand creates so we can keep building more. Again, we just announced $12 billion going forward projects for these ships, and we we have been the fastest growing cruise line in the history of cruising in the last 10 years. So we keep reinvesting and the, the nimbleness and the, and the ability to focus on the guest as our primary, what are we going to do for them and not look at the stock price or how we can make margins better so stock price can go up. It gives us a chance to spend all of our assets and our attention on how to make the guest happy. And of course, as a family-run organization, if you mess up, you just don't get invited to dinner. You don't get thrown out of the company. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a very wholesome thing. And the family, well, you have to sit at the kids' table. Yeah, yeah. But it's wholesome to have the family connection because all the members uh, of our company feel like they're part of that family. So the work ethic and the commitment and the emotional attachment is at an all-time high every day. And uh, keeping in mind, you didn't start as a cruise line. You started as the Mediterranean Shipping Company, freighters, cargo, containers. Yep. You know, in 1970, the company was m launched by Gianluigi Aponte, 1970, with one cargo ship. And then I think in the 70s and 80s, the vision was that they had a pretty good history, 300 years of maritime history. And they became uh, probably the juggernaut in container when containers became uh, the, the, the fundamental way to ship cargo. Now we have almost 500 container ships, over 3 million container boxes. And you will see a container box on every major highway in every major city in the world if you pay attention. 
and with your name on it. With MSC on it, yes. Yes, but you're not taking passengers in containers. No, we don't do that. I think the cruise ship, <laughs> uh, the cruise ship division is really kind of taking the two million of them now. Well, let's talk about this ship in particular because I said at the introduction, this is a ship that's designed differently. It looks different. I mean, you've got that wraparound outdoor space. Basically, it's like a boardwalk at sea. Uh, very European, if you think about it. Yeah, the boardwalk concept is something that is unique to this ship in, in, in the cruise category. And we're not talking about a promenade deck on other ships. This is a wraparound deck. 360, you, yeah. and it's on a deck. It's on a lower deck, so you're, so you're closer, closer to, to the, the water. So you can see and hear the oceans go by while you're dining or exercising or just walking and enjoying the, the, the panoramic views. It's a, it's a new concept that I think you will see other ships have in the future. But more importantly, it's the public space, and I think I mentioned it earlier, it's 300,000 plus public space, square feet of public space on this ship. It's the most public space and outdoor space on any cruise ship. So you're, you basically, you know, I'm one of those guys who believes that you don't spend a whole lot of time in your cabin no. other than sleeping and showering. You want to get out and see stuff, and that's what you get to do. Yeah, and the convenience of uh, even having uh, the decks and the way the locations of the buffets. You saw a buffet on Deck 8 and on Deck 16. The dining rooms are spread out through the ship. The specialty restaurants are spread out through the ship. So it's easy to navigate to one of those things that you're looking to do, and I think we've, we've done a good job making sure the ship had that navigation uh, ease for our guests. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Anytime there's a new ship, I bump into the, my following guest because she knows all things ships. She's on all ships, 24-7. She never sleeps. Ann Kalosh, the, uh, what is your actual title now? U.S. Editor of Sea Trade. So she understands the business of the cruise industry, which most people don't even understand the cruise industry, let alone the business of it. This is a, um, I think it's, 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 a, it's, a, well, it's a watershed moment for this company, MSC, because they've made a, I mean, a serious commitment to to home port a ship where all the big players already are in the North American market with a brand that the North American market doesn't really know. Mm -hmm. It's a bold and daring move, but they're doing a lot of things to become known in this market. All of the tie-ins with U.S. celebrity chefs, for example. The fact that Dan Marino was oh, at the, the Miami naming Dolphins, ceremony. right? Yeah, Ricky Martin, big Caribbean star. So they're really reaching out to the North American market with the vessel. Right, but they're reaching out to, to the, Mer the American market with a vessel that has, up until now, been a European experience. Mm -hmm. Well, they're making a lot of changes to uh, cater to U.S. tastes, and they're also heavily emphasizing their Italian heritage, so that gives a little bit different flavor than the other companies offer here. I would think that would be very attractive, bringing Europe to America, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, you see all of the great um, Italian gelato on board. Well, we know you're the gelato queen, <laughs> so let's get over that right now. Have you been up to the gelato I have witnessed yet? it. I have not experienced it yet. Yes. Peter, you haven't experienced MSCC talk. I know. I know. Well, you know, there's gelato and then there's more gelato. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, having been on the ship, I mean, just a couple of days now, but what's been the biggest surprise to you? I think 
the fact that they've created such a, a new level of experiences on board. You have the zip lines, the water park, this incredible aft superstructure in the back of the ship where you have a low-level pool and can take glass elevators all the way up to the top of the ship to another swimming pool. They have a big variety of restaurants. Roy Yamaguchi, the celebrity chef from Hawaii. Yeah, he'll be on a little bit later in the show, yeah. Is he's he's got three restaurants on board the ship, so they've done a lot of really new things, a great variety. I think you'd be one of the first to agree that in the last maybe five to even going back ten years, ships have been designed to become the destination themselves. Mm -hmm. Certainly true, but they also go to a lot of interesting ports, and MSC has quite a bit of variety in its itineraries. Plus, they basically just rehabilitated an entire island. That's true. They are building a whole new island in the Bahamas, which is going to be a real destination for them. Uh, they are going to stay late at night at MSC Ocean Cay. Well, that's European. Yes. See, that's I. You know, that's a trend that I wish more cruise ships would do. I know that uh, celebrities starting to do that a little more, where they're not just going to get there at seven in the morning and leave at five in the afternoon. They might even do an overnight. Definitely, it gives people a chance to experience the nightlife and culture in some destinations. So. I mean, to me, that that makes a cruise more attractive because. I don't want just the appetizer. Well, the people, the main reason that people cruise, this has been shown time and again in research, is for the destination. So that's the number one thing. And it's really important that ships spend enough time that people get to experience them fully. And considering how many people in America have yet to take a cruise, when most people take a cruise, not the repeaters, but the first timers, they're essentially test driving the ship and they're test driving the destination. Very true. And a lot of people go back for a longer vacation in a place that they found they really like. What's the biggest surprise to you on this ship? Hmm. Um, I mean, you know they're going to have, I, I, I tell you, the one that I like, but, but Norwegian had one too. They got a bowling alley. Yeah, a bowling alley is pretty cool. To me, that's like really going back to the future, but I mean, that, I think that was pretty cool. I think for me, it's the overall arrangement and structure of the ship. The fact that they have a, a deck eight is down. Yeah, close that deck to eight. I, we should talk about that because uh, Rick Sasso was on earlier in the show. We talked about it too, but you know, this is radio, so we really have to paint the picture here. I've never seen a deck like that. That's so low. To, that, that is so low to the water that wraps around the entire ship. That's right. Well, the thing is, with ships getting bigger, people get further and further away from the sea. So the pool deck, which is traditionally on the top of the ship is really, really high up away from the ocean. And this is MSC's way of getting people closer to the sea. Again. Well, you just said something that I think needs a little bit more elaboration in terms of getting away from the sea, because on some cruise ships, I don't think the passengers even know they're at sea. You know, it, it's sort of like a mall that floats. And, oh, yeah, we were there. We were? Yeah, you were. I mean, this is different. You can't avoid the sea on this one. Yes, I think there's a swing back to trying to get people more in touch with the sea, and other companies are doing it as well. Like? Celebrity cruises for example, with the new Celebrity Edge, which is going to be a very exciting yeah, that, ship. Yeah, that cabin design is pretty amazing. What they, you know, give it to the marine architects and the naval architects to figure out how to deal with a limited amount of space and actually make it seem bigger, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Pushing out that window to, literally, to the edge. The infinity veranda. <laughs> 
cool. Yeah, especially with alcohol. No, just just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but you have to see that one to believe it because it takes the dimensions of the room to a to a different level. Absolutely, and that ship is also going to have a really exciting feature, which is a platform suspended from the side of the ship that moves up and down. Um, when it's at sea level, it's a tender landing area. Makes it easier to get on and off. And when it. it's up top, they're going to have a restaurant experience at night. If you can imagine being suspended off the side of the ship. Can't wait. <laughs> Ann Kalosh, the U.S. Editor for Sea Trade, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Riding along in my automobile, my baby beside me at the wheel, cruising and playing the radio, with no particular place to go. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. This is a, a pretty impressive ship if you take a look at its design on the outside, but design on the outside doesn't matter if the design on the inside doesn't work. And joining me now is somebody who knows all about that because he runs this vessel. He's the captain of the MSCC side, uh, Pierre Paolo Scala. Captain, nice to join you and nice to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. I know. Now, you've, you've gone back many, many years. You were at Carnival before you came to MSC. This is a completely different ship, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, definitely. It's uh, obviously a newer ship. Uh, but not, not just looking at age, I'm talking about design. <laughs> yeah, design is completely revolutionary. Uh, we strongly believe at MSC Cruises that uh, the uh, seaside uh, will be setting a new standard in the cruising industry. Um, the generous amount of uh, open uh, decks uh, makes uh, the seaside uh, unique. Uh, in her kind, and um, we uh, look forward to see many, many guests enjoying uh, uh, all the public spaces, uh, indoor and outdoor. Uh, it's a very classy design, uh, lots of um, uh, prominent decks. Uh, we have uh, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, we have a beautiful aqua park on deck uh, 18. I mean, you uh, have more outside space than any other ship I've ever seen. Yes, uh, that's, uh, this is why it's called the ship that follows the sun. So the, the company wanted uh, to make sure that uh, guests on board uh, will have uh, a closer connection to the sea. Uh, as a matter of are fact... You, are you putting sunscreen in every cabin? Uh, yes, because too much sun. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, uh, if, you, uh, if you go on deck 8 or deck 7, where the, one of the big pools uh, are, uh, you can actually see and feel the sea. So it's right there. It's not like on a, a typical cruise ship where the pools are on the uh, 10th or 12th deck and you see the sea from 100 feet above. Here is uh, very close to the sea. You can even smell the sea, which is, makes a big difference. Does that design affect the performance of the ship? Uh, the performance is uh, excellent. Uh, w during the sea trials, uh, everyone was really surprised, even the, the shipyard that built the ship, as a matter of fact. Uh, the ship made uh, almost uh, uh, one mile extra an hour uh, compared to what the shipyard was expecting. So Because there was not enough r wind resistance. 
the win- the exactly. Wind- exactly. Yeah, yeah. The um, even the, the the shape of the hull, um, even if as far as vibrations and noise uh, and stability, the ship doesn't list. I've never seen a cruise ship that even with the 60 knots wind on the beam, the ship doesn't list. So it doesn't. Uh, uh, so what you're tilt. saying is that based on the design, the weight is more evenly distributed. Yes, it's probably. Uh, better distributed and uh, probably towards the uh, uh, midship. So the, 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 the effect of the, uh, the, the least is minimized. Now, normally you're not going to go full, full hull speed. But what is full hull speed on this ship? It's about 22 knots. And for those people who don't know what a hull speed is, I'll explain it. Hull speed is because of the design and the weight and the displacement of the ship. doesn't matter how many, how many horsepower you put in the engines. It's only going to go that fast and not a, not a knot faster. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, I knew these things, aren't you? <laughs> but, uh, but you're going to be cruising at what, what 16, 17? Uh, well, sometimes even 19, really? 19, 20, yes, um, especially on the eastern itinerary going uh, down to uh, St. Thomas or Antigua. So this is the average speed usually. Having served uh, as the captain of so many other ships, what's the biggest surprise to you on this ship? Well, as I said, the biggest surprise is the, um, uh, the, the stability and how the ship is uh, uh, silent. I mean, there are no uh, noise or vibrations. Uh, even guests who disembarked uh, yesterday told me that, Captain, uh, we, c- we didn't even feel we were on a ship. So even during uh, the uh, maneuverings, when we dock or undock, usually when you use the thrusters, the ship starts to vibrate. Well, the seaside doesn't do that. So it's uh, we are very pleased with this. We've been speaking with a captain, the master of the MSC Seaside, Pier Paolo Scala. Captain, we were just talking about propulsion. You know, you go back to the original days of ocean liners. You had four engines. You had four shafts. You don't have four. No, no, we have two. You have two. Yeah. 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 What MSC Cruises is doing at the moment, uh, uh, basically all the ships being built in Italy, and we have, uh, well, the Seaside just delivered the Sea View, and two additional ships that the company has uh, just signed at uh, with Fincantieri Shipyard that they will be delivered in 2021 and 2023. They will all have uh, uh, conventional uh, propellers, while. Uh, propulsion. While those are built in France uh, at STX, uh, so the Meraviglia, the Meraviglia Plus in San San Nazaire, and the the world class as well, they will all uh, have pod propulsion system. Yeah, because I was at that shipyard uh, with your chairman, uh, Mr. Vago, and there they they were with the pods, so I was surprised to see no pods on this. Yeah, I mean, I've been also on ships with pods and uh, obviously with the conventional propulsion systems and, uh, well, obviously the pods uh, gives you more uh, more power on the stern, but uh, on the seaside, uh, the the MSC uh, decided to, uh, to install a a third thruster on the stern, which uh-huh. is a, a new uh, thing for uh, for our company, for our fleet. And, and for uh, those people who don't know about thrusters, that allows the captain, unless otherwise regulated by union regulations, not to necessarily need a tugboat. <laughs> did, I, exactly. did I say that the right way? Yes, you did. You did. Because in some uh, ports, you're going to get the tugboat whether you want it or you don't. Exactly. It's compulsory. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, it depends on uh, what the rules are in that uh, specific port. But on, on the seaside, going back to the seaside, uh, we, we have uh, four bow thrusters and three stern thrusters and two becker rudder. So we have this uh, particular rudder that uh, they they are fitted with a flap in the back and during maneuverings when the ship is below six knots this flap will even 
uh, open more, and uh, so there we'll won't be as we'll much uh, resistance. Exactly, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll basically uh, act uh, as uh, an extra thruster. Okay, not to let you brag or anything, but can you spin this on a dime? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can't you? Yes, I can. See, yes. I'm the old school guy. We just put one in forward, one in reverse, and adjust the throttle accordingly. <laughs> that was the old school. Yes, right. Yes, That's yes, what yes. I still do on my boat. You, you're just playing with a joystick, aren't you? Uh, well, we don't have a joystick here um, because it's uh, a knob. It's uh, yeah, it's a knob. Uh, we have um, all digital now. Um, we have even uh, there are no levers for uh, the thrusters. Uh, there are um, sort of uh, wheels that you you rotate. So it's it's quite kind of neat, and uh, it took just uh, you know a few hours to get used to it. But it's uh, it's. Did it's, you hit anything? Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, trial by error. You know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But what this really means is you slide away from the dock. Yes. Yes. And yeah. you slide back in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it gives you so much um, uh, accuracy. All this uh, equipment uh, that we have uh, now on the on the bridge that uh, will allow me to, uh, uh, to 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 dock the ship uh, even with uh, two ships, uh, one ahead, one astern of us, with a distance of only uh, 30 feet on each end. So you can imagine a ship that uh, is uh, over 1,000 feet, uh, and you need to. Uh, to, to slide in a slot where you have only 20, 25 feet uh, on the bow and 20, 25 feet okay, on the Okay, now you're start, bragging. So. Now you're bragging. <laughs> no, but what people don't realize is it's not just about maneuverability. It's, it's momentum. Yes. I mean, this ship traveling at only one knot, not properly controlled, can do a lot of damage. Yes, uh, definitely. The, the mass, the weight of the ship is uh, well, 150,000 uh, pounds. So it's just a tons, huge. Tons. tons. Yeah, yeah. Well, the weight of the ship is about uh, 75,000 tons. Right. And that's, uh, I don't know how, how much is it in uh, in, in the pounds, but uh, it's, a it's, lot. it's a lot. This is the biggest one you've ever done? Uh, no, the Meraviglia, oh, for me, yes, yes, personally, yes. Yes, it's the biggest ship I've ever been in command, yeah. What's the biggest surprise to you, not in terms of maneuverability, not in terms yeah. of performance, but in terms of the design of the ship? Design uh, the, 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 the ship's uh, funnel, the stack, the, uh, the casing, the engine casing uh, is uh, positioned uh, almost uh, midship compared to the traditional cruise ships where the, you will see the ship stack. Uh, towards the the back of the ship, and uh, probably this made uh, even the ship uh, more um, more silent. Um, we can't feel really anything. So this is really uh, by looking at the ship from outside. What you notice immediately is this uh, funnel, which is positioned almost uh, at the midship. Right. I've only seen maybe two ships in my life in, in the last thirty years where the funnel was really on the stern. Right. One was an old Australian ship that then became a Greek ship called the Azure Sea. Had mm-hmm. a single stack literally at the stern. Oh, yep. Yeah. And then there was one called the Sundancer, which actually ran aground off the coast of Alaska. It had two stacks slanted, not state, slanted okay. on the stern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh. you couldn't miss those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hello, and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. Ta-da! So many shipyards in the world are, are operating at 100% capacity. You can't order a new ship right now without standing in a long line. 
They're producing more cruise ships now than ever before. So my next guest is a little busy. She's the senior executive editor of CruiseCritic.com, Colleen McDaniel. How are you? I'm great. Great. Thanks for having me, Peter. So you're on the ship. This is a brand new ship. It even has that brand new ship smell. It sure does. Um, And it's a different kind of a ship, isn't it? It really is. It it feels very different than a lot of the ships that are out there. Uh, And a big part of that is certainly the connection the ship really has to the outdoors. That was the aim from the very beginning with this ship. And I think it's been pretty successful. They've got a beautiful waterfront that uh, goes along deck eight um, almost all the way around where people can sit and they can enjoy food and they can watch the sea and then that gorgeous and they're not watching the sea from the 19th deck i mean they're watching they're they're pretty close to the water that's right yeah so and that's that's really different and it's a it's a great spot to just sort of relax um they've got loungers so you can lounge out or you know you can dine you can you know grab your food at the buffet and and hang out and enjoy a leisurely breakfast or lunch but other than that design of, of of that wraparound open space what else has impressed you about the ship I mean, you've you've been on just for a day or two now, but the real, but you know, someone like you figures it out pretty fast. Sure. Well, one thing that uh, stands out right away is the unbelievable spa on board. Um, this is a massive space, uh, and you'll find things like a salt room and a snow room and all sorts of treatment areas. It's just beautiful. A snow room. A snow room. Explain. Yeah. So it is a cold room where they. Well, that make, part I got. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Where they make snow. Uh, it's it's legitimate, you know, snow in that area. But what is the therapeutic value of that? Well, you know, it's it's a Nordic treatment um, from way back that they think that hot and cold treatments alternatively are a great way so to... So you're, you're, in, you're in a jacuzzi at 150 degrees and then you go th- fl- uh, roll around in the snow? It's invigorating. Trust me, it's have you brilliant. Done it? I have done it, not on board this ship yet, but um, I absolutely am a fan. Okay, so you have a, and you said a salt room? A salt room as well. That's like a salt scrub. Uh, no, no, no. no. It's, a, it's a room where you sit and you um, sit among salt and you enjoy the, the salt. <laughs> so, and you breathe wait, it wait, in. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you sit and you are at one with the salt. <laughs> okay, it's not quite that zen. But yeah, it's designed, again, with, um, it's, this is, I believe is an Eastern uh, medicine um, influence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and the idea is you enjoy the, the salt and there's aromas. And, and it's, it's not just, you know, sitting around and there's pouring a, table There's salt. aroma of the salt. <laughs> yeah. I, you know. Ah, hey, hey, okay, I guess you got to try it at least once. <laughs> got to give it a shot. But every cruise line these days is going to have a spa. They're going to have a casino. Most of them will, not everybody, but most of them will. Most of them will have an outdoor experience that's interactive. Sure. This ship's got two zip lines. This ship's got you know, water slides that are crazy and water board slides, right? Yes. Have you done any of that yet? Not yet. So we just got on board yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm getting my ticket today, though. I want to do the zip line, which is the longest at sea. So um, very cool. I love the zip line. They have a ropes course, which is, you know, something that a, a few ships are doing, but it's a lot of fun to get on that top deck and walk around and, and really take in the sights. Your readers are pretty vocal about what they like and what they don't like. What is it that most of your readers say they actually have to have on a ship or they won't go on it? Hmm. Because before you answer that question, if you ask most hotels, they know too. We won't go to a hotel if it doesn't have a pool. We won't go to a hotel if it doesn't have a health club. But the utilization of the health club in the pool is only about 11%. Right. But everybody says they have to have it. Yeah. Well, I think I think pool is is one of those things, and um, space around the pool is a big deal. But that's always passengers. been a problem on a cruise line. It it, it Everybody, can be. I mean, there are fights breaking out for chairs. <laughs> yeah, they they have the infamous chair hogs, right? Those yeah. people that come out at six o'clock in the morning, they put their book on a chair, and and they claim uh, that area for theirs, even if they're not sitting there. But what's kind of nice about this ship is there are pools all over. They're not just that central 
pool deck. They also have a great pool uh, off the aft on, I believe that's uh, deck eight. And um, so there are plenty of spots where you can, you know, grab a little little pool space, a little sun, a little shade, um, and, and hopefully avoid some of those fights. Well, speaking of shade, when you have a ship like this that's designed so much around the water and it's a ship that's got its brand motto, we follow the sun, where do you find the shade? Because it's literally wraparound sun opportunities. Right, you know, and you mentioned that. It's, it's great that you mentioned that. Actually, I did that lap this morning. And what's cool is one side there seems to be shade and on the other side there seems to be sun. So Amazing revelation. <laughs> it's great. So Yeah, because I'm, I'm a shade person myself. I don't do very well in the sun. So I always seek out those shade spots. And then as you look at all the cruise line's workmanship in terms of what's on order, what's going to be coming online. I mean, those numbers are pretty staggering. It's astounding. I mean, 2018 alone is just an incredible year. In, in a space of roughly six weeks of spring, we're adding three huge new cruise ships uh, to the water. Well, I know NCL's got Bliss. Right. And? And then we've got uh, Royal Caribbean with Symphony of the Seas, and we've got Carnival with its new Horizon ship. And these are all 4,000-passenger-plus ships. Yeah, they're huge. And what's so amazing is that you're adding this kind of capacity. And it's still, like, you look at Vegas, and, and all the berths out on the sea don't even compare to what you have in Las Vegas. So there's a and lot of room for growth. And still there, too. Exactly. Were you surprised that MSC chose Miami as a home port? No, I think uh, Miami is the perfect spot for a cruise line that's really trying to uh, break into the North American market in a big way. And how are they going to do that? Uh, well, you know, one is they're really, they're devoted to this this port. So they're committing to, you know, building a port, uh, excuse me, building a terminal here. And um, additionally, they are, they're sailing year-round here. They've got the beautiful um, back of uh, the, the ship that actually looks like those high-rise South Beach condo buildings. There's a real connection here. And they're going to bank on that. Yeah, absolutely, they're going to bank on it. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. My next guest I first met in Honolulu, actually out in Hawaii Kai, uh, where he opened his restaurant there. Then, of course, he had one in Honolulu. Now he has one everywhere. And he also has one, two, and three of them on this ship, the MSCC side. You know, in your bio, it says Celebrity Restaurateur. So should I call you that? No, not at all. Just call me Roy, as you usually do. I, okay, Roy Amaguchi. <laughs> how are you, buddy? Doing great. Is this your first attempt, or yeah. entree, I should say, into doing something on a cruise yes, line? Yes, yes, yes. Definitely the first time. Well, you know, you know what you're doing on the land. You know how to source your stuff. You know, obviously, how to cook it, how to prepare it, how to serve it, the ambiance, the lighting, all the things that go into a successful restaurant experience. So devil's advocacy question is, this has got to be a brave new world for you. Oh, it is, but you know what? It's all about planning. So, you know, fortunately, we had about two and a half years to uh, plan this restaurant out. So uh, during this process, we also met with a lot of the uh, purchasing people. So Yeah, because you got to be able to find the stuff. Right, right. So I mean, if I want eel and yellowtail in the middle of uh, Grenada... Yeah, well, you're not going to get it. <laughs> not just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. This concludes our interview. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. You've got to be no. able to find it. No, no. So so, so it's, it's all about planning and sourcing. So we met with, the, uh, of course, the purchasing department and the procurement department to make sure that, you know, we can uh, more or less let them know what we're looking for. So from that point on, uh, we started sourcing it out. So it's, it's taken a long time, and, and it's an it's a, uh, ever-evolving, uh, you know, 
process, but uh, you know we're getting better and better. But to put things into perspective, yes, you were born in Tokyo, but I don't look at you as a sushi person. I look at you as a Pacific fusion person. Yes, yes, I am. That that's Pan Asian, you know, Hawaiian fusion, uh, you know, uh, Pacific Rim for a better word. I mean, these are things that I do. You know, my passion has always been, you know, of course, cooking and the type of foods that I've been making. Of course, is um, you know inspired by the Asian culture. I mean, I remember hanging out with you with uh, Chef Gordon and all the guys in the old Pacific Rim cuisine. Yes. Right? Back, you know how many years that go? Oh, 25 yeah, years yeah, ago. Many, many years ago. Yeah. yeah. But what have you been able to adapt from that and put into your kitchens here on the ship? Well, you know what? So for this venture, you know, uh, Asian Market Kitchen, I was looking more towards, you know, Pan-Asian, which is more of a stir fry. So, you know, what we try to do is get the ingredients from, of course, the, uh, the, the South Pacific and incorporate that into, of course, my style of, you know, fusion cooking. But, you know, I wanted the flavors to be bold and um, but yet uh, be elegant so so okay so let's go back to sourcing what can you get that surprised you and well, what and what couldn't you get that surprised you well you know what it's it's um, it's 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 kind of difficult because um, um, you know when we first made the menu um, well it was difficult on land actually because what happened was when I first met made the menu I had uh, sent it over to the uh, the corporate chef for MSC and as we continued to move down the path we started to change the menu and you know back in July you know we had a formal tasting because before that uh, you know I made the menu and I had a tasting with my crew yeah. so it's basically you know my, my crew from Hawaii we got the uh, MSC staff on board back in July and we started doing tastings with them and we decided that some of the things we couldn't do um, on board so like what like well what? well some of the items that we thought that we would be it would be really hard to get um, some of the um, more or less specialty fish uh, no fugu yeah yeah no <laughs> fugu but um, you know some of the so we, we decided to kind of make it a lot more simple and to make sure that the ingredients we get were the ingredients that you know we're going to be able to get all the time rather than seasonally or uh, you know spotty so you know s uh, things like salmon tuna. and tuna and um, you know hamachi were you know pretty pretty much the easier ones to get um, ikura which is you know the salmon roe stuff like that and plus you're also following the uh, i'm sure you're following the the, uh, the protocols of what's not to be ordered under any circumstances because they're endangered yeah, and then it's, yes, yes, you know, so so we try to, of course, work with sustainability. So, you know, fish, sustainable fish is very, very important to us. And then, you know, um, and, and then working with the uh, procurement office to make sure that, you know, some of the other items, you know, that, that we want to get, we're able to get what we specified. All right, so what would you say is your most surprising dish on the menu here that people are going to go, wow, I got to have that? Well, um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we have three different distinctive dining um um, elements in our restaurant, which is you know great for everybody, but um, from the Pan Asian side, um, I, I I you know really enjoy the, uh, the the lamb. The lamb is uh, pretty 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 unique, and it's uh, flavored and with a Vietnamese essence. So you know fish sauce, ginger, garlic, marinated, marinated, and then what we do is we have a, uh, a red wine curry sauce that goes with that, and we have some uh, you know basmati rice uh, pilaf that goes with that with raisins and uh, pine nuts and stuff so it's, it's pretty unique not cruise line cuisine yeah yeah well that's what we want to do we want to really focus on something that you're not able to get uh on 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 sea you know previously come fly with me let's fly let's fly away 
If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's float down to Peru. My next guest is the editor-in-chief of Insider Travel Report. I've known him for years, and he's on board checking it out as well meaning the MSEC side, James Schillingwell. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Peter. How are you? All right. I mean, anytime I go to check out a new ship, I bump into you. So you got to figure it out for me. Help me through this. We know this is a new ship. That's not a news bulletin. We know it's got some new design features and some innovative new design features. This is a ship that is just home porting for the very first time in Miami. That's a big deal. It is a big deal, and for MSC, it's a huge deal because, as you know, uh, MSC has not been well-known in the U.S. market, and now with this Miami ship, this new uh, seaside that is just going to be the greatest thing for Miami and for cruising, I think. Because? Because the design is very innovative. They have It really has a high profile. Uh, MSC has not had a high profile in the U.S. In fact, they haven't had too many ships leaving from the U.S. until now, and now they're going to have two this year and then a third in a couple of years. And and they're coming into a, to a market that has been dominated by three other lines, That's right? absolutely true. You and have, the, uh, you know, uh, Carnival and Royal Caribbean and NCL. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But, you know, MSC has been the, the greatest secret in the cruise industry for several years. And hopefully with this new Miami-based ship, they will no longer be a secret. You ask a consumer or a, a potential cruiser, what's MSC? They usually don't know what you're talking about. Well, MSC, if you do your homework, stands for Mediterranean Shipping Company. And they didn't start in the cruise industry. They start in cargo. Sure. And, in fact, we have a cargo ship right next to us. That uh, What a coincidence. Yeah, yeah I know. It a was, container uh, ship. And we at our christening last night, we had the president of the cargo, and he's actually quite, quite an interesting guy. Uh, a very colorful guy. But here's a company that's got over 500 cargo ships somewhere in the world. That's massive. And they've got 13, 14 cruise ships now. With almost 20 uh, eventually in the next five, three, four years. And that's significant because they're taking up the production lines at the shipyards around the world. You can't get a, a ship order right now. No. Because they're already full. Well, they're already full, and MSC has the context to build even more. So uh, they're, and they're also, they're privately owned. They're not a public company. Uh, so they are in this for the long term, and they seem to want to finally tackle the American market. So you've had a chance to uh, immerse yourself in the ship walk around, see some stuff. What are the things that, that you were looking for that you didn't find, and what are the things that you weren't looking for that you did find? Well, that's a complicated question, Peter. <laughs> Not complicated at all. I'm, yeah. it's just, I'm giving you options. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I did know about the design, but to actually see the design of the exterior, they're, they're trying to bring the outside, the sea in, and I think they've largely succeeded. Uh, a number of lines have tried to do that over the years. Norwegian has tried to do that, and I think successfully. Uh, and now you have MSC, which really is, does they have brought the sea and the ocean inside the ship in a way and so that was surprising that they were able to do that the other thing that's uh, i think is great is uh, well you know him too and i think you may have him on the show uh, chef roy yamaguchi is going to have his own dedicated restaurant on board uh, that's going to be a hit i think and i think people yeah, will be on just a little bit yeah yeah and um he's uh, uh he's a marvelous chef and, and great food uh and then i think people will be wowed by the entertainment too because the entertainment here is going to be very somewhat different uh you know the major three lines have gone sort of 
or Broadway on us, and that's great. I, I think it's a great move, but not with MSC. Uh, and then I think. Well, well let's stop right okay. there. What are they going to do differently? Well, they're going to have a Cirque du Soleil show on, and the new ship that comes out in a couple it's, it, years, the Meraviglia. And the thing about that ship is they're literally designing that ship around the actual show. That's right. So this is not like trying to fit a show into an existing facility. This is a facility being designed for an existing show. Yeah, so uh, you'll have Cirque du Soleil on board, and they keep on doing very high-end entertainment. Uh, it is has to be for an international audience, so uh, you know not all the Broadway stuff's going to work for, for them, but uh, I do think they're a different kind of entertainment and a different kind of experience. And you know we're going to have their head of entertainment on a little bit later in the show as well. You have to redefine the word entertainment because it's not just a sit-down Broadway review. Yeah. It's zip lines and it's water slides and it's stuff for the kids. I mean, the activities here are almost ongoing. Yeah. Well, no, and I think a lot of other lines have tried to do that too on the upper decks and put well, in. Well, NCL's know. got a ship coming out in about three months called the Bliss. They got a racetrack on board. Yeah, you and I have to do a little race on that. We have to do like, a race yeah, on that. Little, who's going to win? I don't See, know. I want to put bumper cars on. Uh, That's what I want. Well, Royal Caribbean has one with bumper cars. No. Yes, they do. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, it's already been done. I know. You know, they have to keep finding new things. In this case, I think they got some very unique water slides. Uh, they have some very different pool areas on different levels of the ship, which is very which is unique. unusual. Usually, you have a pool in the center of the ship in one location. That's period. right. And then maybe one in the stern. Yeah. In this case, we have one in the stern on a lower deck. We have another one in the main pool on an, on another deck. We have another one in indoor with a mag dome on another deck. It's it's all over the place. So it's not just one pool deck. I wonder who's going to use an indoor pool in the Caribbean. Well, if it rains, uh, yeah. you know, and who knows, maybe the ship will not always be positioned here, although they say it will be. But, you know, I think it's a good, it, it, you see magdomes increasingly used in all kinds of vessels. But let's go back to the idea of positioning and home porting a ship here. That is a huge financial commitment for, mm -hmm. for a cruise line in a market that's already been dominated by three of the biggest players in the world. Yeah, but you're also, Port Miami is the largest cruise port in the world, and it's kind of, you have to be here to be visible. So if you want to be a player, you got to come to Miami. Absolutely. And so they've come to Miami. They've built a ship reflecting the Miami atmosphere. They built a ship that's supposed to look like, a, they say, like a Miami condo. Uh, now, a few years ago, I don't know if that was so good because, you know, the real estate values weren't that good. But I think now, <laughs> now I think it probably fits. Absolutely. And to you, other than looking at the entertainment opportunities and the venues uh, and what they're doing for the, some of their other ships, what was the biggest surprise for you coming on this ship? That Sophia Loren was the godmother again? I know. You know <laughs> I, I should tell this story. I was on one of the other MSC ships about seven, eight years ago. No oh, longer than that. Uh, 11 years ago, 2006. You and I were both on that one. Yes, that we were. <laughs> and she was the godmother that day. Mm -hmm. And I remember going into my cabin, and I had like an hour to kill before the event and before my interview with her. Mm -hmm. And I walk out on my balcony, and I'm looking around, and... Out of the corner of my eye, I see there's somebody on the balcony next to me. I turn around. It's her. And we said hello and exchanged pleasantries. And she is, how can I say, remarkable for her age. Yes, that's true. And for those of who, it's unavoidable, the cleavage, it was there. I mean, I had, I had to say hello to both of them, you know. Um, <laughs> and did you look lower down on the legs? It was not too bad uh, Unbelievable. Because she has no problem showing She's 83 now. Is that 83? Well, 83. We, boy, we've been around a while. I remember we when she have. was 72. I know. 
And uh, and that was amazing. And she came and became the godmother of this ship as well. Yeah, well, she's the permanent godmother, uh, you know, so I think that's great. They don't have to keep searching for a new one. So that's great. I, I, I joke about it that she was the godmother. That's surprising. It wasn't surprising to me. I think it is what's surprising to me is the whole ethos of having MSC now in this market in a very big way. They, they've been around, and we've talked to them. We've been at the christenings, but I don't think they've really you know, expanded into the public consciousness yet. And how long is that going to take, do you think? I hope not long for their, their, for their sake. Uh, I, I think they're starting advertising, and they're doing a lot of other things. And travel agents certainly know, and travel agents are my audience, travel agents certainly know about MSC very well. Should there be a rapid change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will automatically drop from the compartment above your seat, free of charge. And to start the flow of oxygen, pay your flight attendant $75.63. I remember entertainment on cruise ships when I first started cruising as a uh, struggling juggler, um, a really bad Broadway review, um, usually from The King and I. Um, and I think you and I were on the same, <laughs> same ship each. I remember those days as well. Uh, that's Gary Gladding who's in charge of all the entertainment here on MSC, but I'm not done yet. Um, and, in the, and the biggest entertainment on the ship was the baked flaming Alaska coming out of the kitchen with the sparklers. You remember those? Yes, I do, okay. and I remember the midnight buffets as well. I remember the stupidest question on the ship. What time is the midnight buffet? Okay, but let's not go there. Let's not go there. Today... Ships are actually being built to accommodate the entertainment. They're designed around it so that you actually have facilities on board the ship that are dedicated, if you will, to uh, to doing high-tech, high-impact, visually exciting shows. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about the, the old days when most uh, ships didn't even have a proper theater. They had a sort of uh, entertainment lounge. Yes. Where uh, everything and by the from way, and by, stretched and, to... And by the way, if it was rough seas, the juggler became really interesting. <laughs> After everybody was juggling and <laughs> hanging on uh, those those days. I mean, the ships we we now have tenders the size of the ships of those days. And you're absolutely right. Entertainment has made leaps and bounds. It is one of the highlights. I think, in particular, here in the Caribbean, where there's a limited amount of islands, and so people don't just go for the uh, destinations where they may do, say, in Europe or the Far East or the Middle East. But you know, you're right. In the Caribbean, I know so many passengers, and, and it almost sounds counterintuitive, but some of them don't even leave the ship. They just no, exactly. The, the ship is the destination right. these days. And I think that's a very important point. Uh, just yesterday, our CEO mentioned that there are two pillars of our operations at MSC Cruises. Food and beverage, obviously. The Italians are well-known all over the world for their wonderful cuisine, their excellent wines, their, their joie de vivre. Uh, and the other one, of course, is entertainment. Because people are on the holiday, they're on the vacation, they want to relax, they want to enjoy themselves. They may be either too busy or not have the opportunity to go to theaters or to go to water parks or whatever it is we're offering when they're on land. So they come on board and really expect a lot, and we give them more than they even expect. But you've redefined, and I say as an industry, you've redefined the word entertainment from a sit-down show all the way through a personal interactive experience. Absolutely. We have so many things that are technologically advanced that we can rival uh, you know, anything that you would find on land. 
But we at MSC Cruises, we never want to sell out to technology. We also want that human contact. We are very proud of our Italian, our Mediterranean heritage, and hospitality is a key word. Whenever you go to someone's home in Italy, they want to make sure that you feel welcome, that you feel like a family member, and that's what we try to do here. We mix the technology, we mix the latest trends with that human contact that um, I think a lot of the lines don't offer or certainly don't offer as sincerely and as frequently as we do. I mean, you've got a zip line on this ship. You've got, got two. Oh, excuse me. So you can actually race your friend to the end and see who gets there fastest and best. 105 meters. Don't ask me what that is in feet. I forgot feet it? a long Have time you ago. Done it? I haven't. You're the head of entertainment. I know. I, I've been entertained by other people doing it. <laughs> You chicken. <laughs> no, it's just I haven't had the opportunity to do it because I've been I've been doing a lot of interviews in nine <laughs> different languages. So <laughs> the next one I'll be hanging from my toenails. Well, on the we'll continue this one. <laughs> and speaking of the more traditional entertainment, the sit-down shows, the, the, yes. the singing, the dancing, the mm -hmm. Broadway stuff, on most other cruise ships I've been on, they will have that show. They'll repeat it three times during the cruise, um, but that's the only show they got. Right? right? You're doing something different. We do. Uh, first of all, we have to remember that we are a very international company. And so we have uh, subject matter, uh, songs, everything is taking that into consideration so that wherever you come from, whatever your age is, you can really enjoy our shows. Uh, we do seven different production shows in seven different days. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of sets to build. That's a lot Absolutely. of things to move around. Now, that's where technology comes in uh, handy. We have these wonderful lead panels that allow us at the, the sides of the stage, You're the back LED. of the stage, LED. the LED. LED, yes. Don't say LED. LED. Sounds, uh, uh, oh, well, that's what we yeah. say in Europe. I know. Uh, LED. So we have those panels that allow us to give a backdrop doesn't have to be stored it's the same ones so the set pieces that we use it's already programmed exactly so they highlight uh, give a dimension a three a third dimension to uh, to the sets so it's not like in the old days where you had you know painted drops and you had to have lots and lots of heavy props and you were physically having to move things around absolutely which you couldn't store no <laughs> and fire retardant and everything else no no i mean these days things have changed all Thank right so the most important question i have to ask you in the, in the little time we have remaining here you are on the MSC Seaside. When are you going ziplining? Um, well, I'm heading out to the Miami airport shortly, so I will be coming back in January, and I promise you I will be on the zipline. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader.
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Deviadaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 